Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this morning, we are grateful that as Almighty God, you love us. You love us more than we can imagine. We pray today for those who are struggling, Lord, that you would just give comfort and encouragement. Lord, for each one of us, that you would challenge us from the principles of your word. Lord, that we would glean what you would have for us. And Lord, I know people here in this room or watching online, we all have different circumstances that we are living and facing each and every day. I pray that you would challenge and encourage each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we pick up the story of David in 1 Samuel 25, David's still running from King Saul. And he's collected a couple hundred more men, so he has about 600 men with him. They're hiding from Saul. But in this chapter, we're, we're introduced to two new characters, a husband and a wife who are completely different in character from each other. Nabal is a foolish farmer. And Abigail is a gracious and godly wife. So let's join the story in 1 Samuel chapter 25. So David and his men are, again, hiding from Saul, but they need to have some work. And one of the things that they would do and, and people would do around there is, is for the ranches or farms there, they would, they would protect the, the farmhands and the livestock and things like that, and, and you would do it, but then it was an expectation that that farmer or owner would uh, reimburse you or, or give you some wages for that. It was sort of an unwritten rule that would take place. And so that's what's happening here in this chapter. And Nabal, his, his, his men are out, they're, they're working, they're shearing the sheep. Very vulnerable time. They lived in a very vulnerable area of Israel. And so David and his men chose to protect them with the expectation that some of their physical needs would be met by Nabal. And so that's a little bit of the background of the story. But, but let's look, beginning in verse 2, 1 Samuel chapter 25, it says, Now there was a man of Maon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he, was as, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. So Nabal and his men were shearing, and, and David and his men were protecting them from thieves and just overall bad dudes. And so what happened was they got done with that time of the shearing of the sheep, and, and David would send uh, sent a few of his men to go visit with Nabal to accept the wages that Nabal would give. And Nabal, and if you read through the chapter, and we don't have the time this morning to go through verse by verse of the chapter, but I encourage you to do that. It was pretty amazing. They did an amazing job. They said it was like a wall around them. David and his men did such a good job protecting. But Nabal acted like a fool. 
I remember when I was a kid, we, uh, one of my first jobs, there was a, a place in Belgrade that uh, they made an advertising paper. And it was like a newspaper, but a smaller version. But, but how they would make their money is they would sell ads. But they needed to distribute it. So they got a, a, a couple of us young entrepreneurs. I was probably in about seventh grade at the time. And, and so we would deliver the papers to every house in Belgrade. Now, that was about 1973, so a little different than Belgrade is now. I'd still be delivering if I was doing it now. But uh, anyway, so, so we would do that, but our wages, and I can't remember exactly, but I think our entire wages were from donations of the people who received this advertising paper. So we'd go around, and I remember I had this smiley jar pen, penny bank or piggy bank. And, and you'd go and, and you'd go up to the house and you'd knock on the door and you'd say, you know, I, I, I dropped off a paper here. Would you like to donate? <laughs> you know, I was, I had a different feeling about the importance of that paper in their life than they did. And, and most of them would just say, no thanks. Most of them were gracious in saying no thanks. Just a couple of them would be like, well, I never asked for the paper, so why should I pay for it? And, you know, I mean, I did so well in that business, I was able to buy several properties around the Belgrade-Bozeman area. And, uh, no, it was horrible. And we had an idea, you know, because we were trying to, to cover the, the whole town, and so we, we would fold them up into like a triangle, you know, shape, and we'd ride our bikes and we'd throw them. And we thought we were pretty good aim, you know, most of them would land somewhere within 15 or 20 feet of the front door. I remember this one place, and they never donated to us, but I got four up on their roof before I finally got one semi near the front of the house. But, but you know, they sort of thought, no, we didn't ask for this. We're not going to pay for it. By the way, I, I, <clears throat> I think I lasted about a month at that uh, job, and uh, I think I probably made a about a little less than a penny an hour, probably, in, in, my, uh, in my work. But that's what Nabal was thinking. Although his situation was much different than these advertising papers in Belgrade. Nabal was like, no, I'm not going to pay these guys even though that's how it worked. That was their culture. So let's look at here these three people. We see, first of all, the foolish fa farmer Nabal. He was wealthy. Verse 2 says, Now there was a man of Maon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. He lived in one place. He had land in other places. He was doing very, very well. It says that he was very rich. The word in Hebrew literally means he was heavy. Now, that doesn't mean he was overweight. That means he was loaded. But while he was wealthy, he was also a fool. Nabal was a fool. In fact, the word Nabal, the name Nabal, literally means fool. He was named appropriately. Uh, just a word of advice, if uh, you're going to have a baby, a baby boy, I would not suggest Nabal as a name. Just, just a little extra help for you there. Hey, yeah, we, this, is, this is Joe and Sam and Nabal. Uh, okay, yeah, Joe and Sam and Fool. But anyway, 
He was a fool. And and here we see in this chapter why he was a fool. It says in verse 3 that he was harsh and evil. It says the man was harsh and evil in his doings. His harshness and wickedness was obvious to everyone around him. He also had some other foolish characteristics. We see in in this passage that he did not listen. In chapter 25, verse 14 and verse 17, one of the servants comes to to give a report to Abigail, Nabal's wife, and, and the servant says this, Now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master. So David did the work, went to get paid. Nabal said, No way am I going to pay you. And so, but listen to what this servant says. So David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he, our master, Nabal, reviled them. Now therefore, know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a scoundrel that no one cannot speak to him. The servant says, I'd go and talk to Nabal about this, but he won't listen. The book of Proverbs more than once talks about how a fool will not listen, a fool will not heed advice. His servant knew better than to go to Nabal with his concerns because it was going to be a waste of time. In verse 19, we see Abigail pointing out that same fact and characteristic about Nabal. It says in verse 19, And she, Abigail, said to her servants, Go on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. She realized the futility of trying to talk to Nabal. So if you want to be a fool, don't listen to anyone. Don't seek or heed good advice. But we also see that Nabal thought only of himself. Notice how many times he mentions my and I in his response to David's men found in verses 10 and 11. We'll begin in verse 9 here of 1 Samuel 25. It says, So when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. So they say, hey, we're here to collect our money for protecting you. And now in verses 10 and 11, Nabal's response. Listen for my and I. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each from his own master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed from my shearers and give it to men whom I do, when I do not know where they are from? Now, a couple things. We see here that, that Nabal questioned David's motive and his character. Now think about this. David, this is the guy that, that a few years before had killed Goliath. This is the guy that was the most known guy in Israel, equal to or more than King Saul. He was the guy that, that after he had killed Goliath and as he, as he continued to, to serve there, that he became the, the leader of the army and they had incredible victories over the Philistines. Everybody knew who David was. And so Nabal's like, yeah, who's that? He's nothing compared to me. And challenged his motive. It was all about Nabal. But then we see, and really a conclusion to Nabal's character, is Nabal lived life without God. The definition of a fool in the Bible is a person who attempts to live life 
without God. Psalm 46, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. In verse 36 of 1 Samuel 25, we, we just sort of see a little bit of, of, Na, of Nabal's thought pattern. It says, so Abigail went to Nabal, and uh, there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. So guess what happened? David was going to go and wipe out Nabal. Abigail stepped in, as we'll see in just a minute here, to rescue her own husband. But when she gets back home after saving his life, he is so unfocused on anything else about himself that he just has this drunken celebration. He lived life without God. He focused on himself, he relied on himself, he thought about himself. No one else was important. But now we see the amazing wife, Abigail. Abigail demonstrated diligence. Verse 18 says, Then Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sheaves of roasted grain, and a hundred clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Now again, we just get a little glimpse here. But this lady, you can picture that she was a diligent lady. She was very diligent. So we see that not only that, she accepted responsibility. While she couldn't control the foolish actions of her husband, she took the responsibility of what happened. Notice what it says in verse 24. It says, so she, Abigail, fell at his, David's feet and said, O on me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. She said, I'll take the blame. Someone needs to take responsibility, I will. Not only that, but she showed humility. Verse 23 says, Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. Oftentimes throughout her speech to David, she referred to herself as a handmaid. She was humble. Not only that, she exhibited grace. Her husband did not deserve to be rescued, but she demonstrated grace. David was angry and uncontrolled, but she responded to him with grace. Through all of the situation, all of the circumstances, Abigail demonstrated grace and kindness. And we see the third person in the story, a person we're familiar with, but we really see another side of him, and that's the angry security guard, David. What happens in this story? David lost his self-control. When David heard the response of Nabal to his request, he lost it. So David sent his men. They went and said, Nabal, we've protected you. We're a security firm is ready for our wages. And Nabal said, ah, I don't even know who you are. You're just out for money. You're worthless. Your leader's worthless. So just go take a hike. So they hiked back to David. When they went back to David, they said, David, this is what's happened. And here's David's response in verses 12 and 13. It says, so David's young men turned on their heels and went back, and they came and told him, David, all these words. Then David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. Now, there's something very important to recognize here, is when we lose our self-control, when we're controlled by our anger... We overreact. 
I, I want you to think back to the last time where you were angry. When you were angry, did you underreact or overreact? Maybe you're having an argument with your spouse, and they say something, and what do you want to do? You are going to make it a big deal and exaggerate what they said or did, and then that spiral and the war is on. So what happened? Nabal and his men were shearing sheep. A rancher in his hands, his farm hands, ranch hands. David gets 400 soldiers to go and wipe them out. A little overreaction. But that's what happens when we lose our self-control, when we allow anger to be in charge of our attitudes and our actions. So he lost his self-control. And, and another thing I want you to notice here, we will not be fully protected from temptation when we have a victory. I, I want you to think, if you remember from last week, chapter 24, probably just a very, very short time before. David is hiding from King Saul. Remember King Saul went up to the cave, had no idea David and his men were hiding in the back of the cave. David's men said, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. David cut off the corner of his robe and felt bad even about that little embarrassing of the king. And, but David demonstrated restraint and self-control. And you think, and you read the end of chapter 24, and you say, David, that was an amazing guy. What a man of unbelievable restraint. And what happens? A guy ridicules him, belittles him, and David wants to go and wipe out the guy and everyone around him. Our battle with temptation is daily. And David passed the time before this time he uh, didn't get quite as good of a grade. You know, what was the big problem? Well, he didn't consider the consequence of his actions. So Abigail stops David before he goes to, to kill Nabal, and Abigail stops, brings him this extravagant gift. And then she talks to him. And with grace and humility, she warns him of, What's going to be the consequence of the actions if he follows through with killing Nabal and all of his men? Notice verse 31. It says that this will be no grief to you, nor offense to the heart of my Lord, either that you have shed blood without cause. She's saying, really? <laughs> Is this going to be no big deal that you go and wipe him out? You've shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself? But when the Lord has dwelt, dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. What's she saying? Listen, David, think about what's going to happen. And if you read the previous verses, she basically points out to David that, that God has 
gave him a special position. He is going to be the king of all of Israel. And do you want, during your kingship, to be the one that everyone says, oh yeah, that's the guy that wiped out that farmer Nabal and all his men. Lost his temper and wiped them all out. Or are you the one who says, God, I'm going to handle the situation instead of let it be God who handles the situation? The exact opposite of what he had done in chapter 24 where he said, Saul, God's going to choose between you and me, but I'm going to honor you because you're God's anointed king for this time. He didn't consider the consequences. Oftentimes, as we lose it, we do something or say something that we can never take back. But... After Abigail's warning, David did an about-face. You see, he reacted wisely when he controlled his anger and when he was teachable. Notice what he did. First of all, he listened to wise advice. Verses 32 and 33. We just read 31 where Abigail said, David, do you really want to do this? Do you want to kill this guy and have it be a blemish on your life story for the rest of your life? Notice his response in verse 32 and 33. It says, Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me, and blessed is your advice, and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. Abigail, you're right. David admitted his error, and he listened to the godly counsel of Abigail. And that led him to this decision. The decision was that he chose to do right and let God handle the situation. You say, that sounds vaguely familiar if you were here last week. That was the main point. Do right and let God handle the situation. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe you have been hurt so badly. And the pain is real. But God says, do right and let me handle it. And so when David was able to regain control and listen to the godly advice, he said, Abigail, thank you. You kept me from doing or making a terrible mistake from committing a horrendous sin He listened to wise counsel. So in our story today, we see these three people. We see Nabal, the foolish farmer, stuck on himself. It's all about Nabal. Wouldn't listen to anyone. Now, What about you and the situation you're going through? Are you acting like a Nabal? I guarantee you the ending is not good. Because it's amazing. We find that Abigail was finally able to tell Nabal what happened after his feast got over and he sobered up. And it says that Nabal's heart became like stone. Basically, most people believe he had a stroke. And ten days later, he died. The folly of a fool. Or David. Now, last week, he was 
gold star. This week, some, uh, some struggles. But maybe you're there and you've made mistakes, but you say, guess what? I need to turn around and change my direction. And do right and let God handle the situation. Or maybe Abigail, filled with grace and kindness. We have those choices. What are we going to be like when we respond in the heat of the battle? In the depths of the circumstance, how am I going to live? Foolish farmer, godly and gracious, or angry and unself-controlled, or eventually controlled and godly. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and love, and I pray that you would help us today to, to recognize that you are Almighty God. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to honor you in the way that we act, the way that we react. Lord, that you would be glorified in our lives. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.